0: Hey everyone, it's Jonathan, and welcome back to the Disney Adjacent Movie Marathon. Today I am joined once more by Mark Brown, and we're talking about a non-Disney film as a follow-up to our episode on Walt Disney's Treasure Island. We recorded our original Treasure Island episode quite a while ago, and during my research at the time, I discovered there was a sequel to that film. However, it was not made by or approved by Disney, the company, or the man. I thought about covering this back then, but I decided against it as I was just focusing on Treasure Island as being the final episode in my Disney's Journey to Live Action series, and I had other things I wanted to work on after that, but now I've re-released that series on the new Disney Movie Marathon podcast, and I've decided that this is the perfect time to finally come back and talk about this film. Long John Silver, or Long John Silver's Return to Treasure Island, is an Australian film released four years after the original Treasure Island, directed by Byron Haskin, the same guy who did Walt Disney's film, and starring Robert Newton as Long John Silver, reprising his role from the first film. And as far as I know, that was the only returning cast and crew, other returning characters were recast, and the script, while very derivative of the original, was a brand new story, as far as I know this has nothing to do with the original book. To me, it seems like glorified, big-budget fan fiction. This movie really only seems to exist because someone realized that Disney's Treasure Island did well, and the book on which it was based was in the public domain, so legally, there was nothing stopping anyone from making a sequel to try and capitalize on its popularity. So they did. So have you heard of this movie before I suggested doing it?
1: I think vaguely I did like back when I saw treasure Island and I think I'm like, uh, I think we're similar, but like one thing I do is that after I watch a movie, I look, I I read through the Wikipedia and IMDb mm-hmm. pages just to learn about trivia and, um, history about the film and stuff like that so i think i probably did that after the first time i saw treasure island and they mentioned oh that he actually appeared in another treasure island kind of sequel which had nothing to do with disney but he played the same character but no i had never um seen it
0: yeah the the first time i remember hearing about this is probably when we recorded the original podcast a couple years ago and i was looking up trivia for it then eli was with
1: us then right yes (laughs)
0: yeah, okay. the movie itself, it's a sequel, but it's not like an official sequel. It's like a, I want to, I don't want to say it's a knockoff, but it kind of is. <laughs> like, while you're watching it, it almost feels like a knockoff of the Disney version. Like, there's a bunch of things that, well, not even the Disney version, of the story itself. There's a bunch of things that happen that it's like, okay, they just like took this from the book, but then they changed it.
1: It reminds me of I was listening to a one of Leonard Maltin's podcasts recently. Um, he does his uh, Maltin on Movies podcast with his daughter, and uh, I forget which episode it was, but he mentioned um, like, like he was talking about like generally the Golden Age of Cinema, like the fifties and the forties, fifties and stuff like that. About how like back then, you know, a lot of films didn't do sequels, but what they would do is like the, the companies would try to make films in the same vein as popular films and in essence they're kind of like like what you describe i don't want not to say knockoff but films made with kind of like the same spirit or something similar with the popular film to try to try to get the audience to come back and i think that's kind of a good idea to 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 describe what this film is
0: like example
1: leonard malton was given was um i forget the name of the film but he was talking about um Casablanca and then how there was another film that came out years later with Humphrey Bogart was in it again and Claude Rains was in it again and it had a similar kind of feel like Casablanca so uh, that was kind of the point he was trying to make
0: that sounds like I, I haven't seen the original original but White Christmas uh-huh. it was like based on or kind of remaking an earlier film even though apparently it's different, but it's similar enough that it was kind of a remake. So remake of Holiday Inn. Is, is, yes, is it not, that yeah. was it. I've because okay, I've seen both,
1: but it's, it's been a long time. But yes, they're both they're both very similar. But and they might they might as well be remakes or at least the same thing that we're talking about, like you know, spiritual successors. Mm-hmm.
0: And this is not exactly like that because even though there are some scenes that it's just it 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 feels like a ripoff of Treasure mm-hmm. Island. It's still supposed to take place in the same universe, Mm -hmm. even though the only actor returning was Long John (laughs) Silver.
1: Yeah, I I can agree with that, yeah. Yeah, Because this is is also like, what, mid-50s, getting into late 50s, I guess, 54 or something like that?
0: 54, so it was four years later. Mm. This movie also had a sequel in the form of a TV show. Yes. Even though this movie apparently was not successful, but they greenlit a TV show anyway, and I have not watched the TV show. I'm not sure if I will. Maybe, maybe in a few years, if I keep doing every version ever, and I run out of other Treasure Islands, it, I I, try, I kind of avoid doing TV series because this it's it's too much to yeah do a ton of TV shows.
1: You're opening too much too many doors with that because then there's tv series
0: and there's mini series yeah and there's kind of a lot of treasure island mini series tv series like it seems to be more popular to do a series of treasure island rather than just a movie and even disney did a sequel series much later in like the 80s i think yeah with brian blessed as long john silver
1: Oh, I'm not
0: familiar with that one. That was 1986, Return to Treasure Island, which I'm not sure if you can watch it anywhere or not. I did try to look it up earlier tonight, but I kept finding other things that were called Return to Treasure Island. (laughs) So it's also popular to make unofficial sequels to Treasure Island. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. Treasure Island is apparently something that people try to make and remake and make sequels to endlessly. I haven't seen any recently but for a while like i think in the 90s it seemed like a bunch of different people made different ones i
1: was about to mention that i I don't think there's been a treasure island adaptation that i could think of in the past maybe five ten years
0: i can't think of any now yeah so like i said it feels kind of like a treasure island ripoff At the beginning, especially, because some of the same stuff happens, like you have a dying pirate coming in, gasping out some key phrases to set the story in motion. (laughs) Except this time, he's talking to Long John Silver instead of Jim Hawkins, and he's telling him that Jim Hawkins has been kidnapped by another pirate named Captain Mendoza, or El Toro. And there's also another kid who is the daughter of Governor Strong. I'm not sure if that's a real person or not. But they've been kidnapped, and when he first heard about the girl, he didn't care, but then he hears about Jim, and now he cares. Except, I don't know if he actually cares about Jim or not, because he also has another map for Treasure Island, because apparently there's a second treasure stash, but this one needs a special medallion to decode for some reason. And Jim has this medallion, but I don't know if he knows that Jim has it yet or not. I was confused as to whether he knew that in advance.
1: I don't think he did, but I I could be wrong. I saw this. I watched this a month ago, and um, I kind of skimmed through it again to just kind of prep myself for today, but I don't remember that being a plot point that Jim actually knew he had the medallion, or at least the importance of it.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I was kind of confused, because like, he goes to rescue them, and the first thing he does when he sees Jim is to grab him and grab at the medallion. But I don't know if it's because he knew that he had the medallion around his neck, or if he just noticed it when he first saw him and was like, "Hey, that's the thing I need." It, it, it's kind of confu- there was a bunch of things that were kind of confusing in this, <laughs> but that was the first thing that confused me.
1: It wasn't the most polished script.
0: <laughs> no. No, it was not. <laughs> you could tell that they made this thing pretty quick and there were some plot holes that they should have ironed out. I think they made it up as a went along. Uh, like it, when we get to it did get to kind Israel.
1: of feel like that. When we get to Israel hands.
0: Yes. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. But he also has this other plan that he tells Captain Mendoza about, and I'm not sure how much of this plan he's actually planning. Like he's I'm I'm confused about a lot of his motivations, because he'll say one thing, do another thing, and then another thing will happen, and like, it's like, how much of this is he planning? How much of this is accident? How much of this is just people writing the script, making it up as they're going? (laughs) So his plan is, he's going after Captain Mendoza, ostensibly to rescue the daughter of the governor, but then he tells the captain that His plan is to signal that they're headed in one direction, so that the army will go after them in that direction. But then they'll actually go in the opposite direction and clear out the king's warehouse. But it's it's not the king. They keep calling it the king's treasure, but it's actually the governor's treasure because they specifically say it belongs to the governor later. But I don't know why they keep calling it the king's. This is another thing where somebody needed to go over the script a bit or explain why like is is the Governor they, the King, or what I don't know,
1: maybe the Governor's just keeping it for the King because the King's <laughs> out of town or something, I don't know.
0: but also why is he keeping it in this barn because it's like a it's like a wooden building, yeah, like why would you put all these treasures in the shack? <laughs> I mean, would anyone think to look there maybe that maybe that's the reasoning,
1: maybe I don't know, <laughs> or they would just make this up as they went along. <laughs>
0: yeah that seems like the most likely explanation for all of the things i'm confused about
1: do we have the budget to build a you know a secure storehouse now nah, let's get a shack i don't do it
0: <laughs> and i was also confused about in the same scene where he sees the medallion they throw jim out of the room and then jim pulls a knife out of his shirt but acts like he's never seen it before And I went back and watched the scene like two or three times. I did not see him put the knife in his shirt, but they acted like maybe he planted it on him. I was very confused by the knife because it never came up again.
1: I don't remember that part, actually.
0: (laughs) That's because it was so brief and then never came up again and was inconsequential to the plot.
1: Yeah, consequential enough to put it in for that five seconds.
0: Uh, Apparently. But anyways... Silver is double crossed by Mendoza, who goes to carry out his plan, but then Silver is like triple crossing Mendoza because he (laughs) probably knew that he was gonna double cross him. So Silver's men take the treasure for himself for Silver. Yeah. And then they let Mendoza go so that the governor will think that Mendoza stole it. And he actually does rescue Jim and the girl. And the girl. But I did the did, were the kids aware of what was going on around them because they're talking about all this when they're there, like acting like they're gonna steal all this treasure, but then he brings them back, and they don't say anything. Who are the kids? Yeah, like the kids had to have seen them stealing all of this treasure, but they don't tell the governor like it's her father. She should tell him that Long John Silver was stealing all this treasure and blaming this other pirate.
1: Is she just probably happy to be home. <laughs>
0: I suppose. Uh, hopefully, once the PTSD wears off, she'll realize what was going on. I go, father. There. By the way, <laughs> it was Long John
1: Silver after all. But yeah, like you mentioned, Long John Silver triple crossing, and you know, yeah, part of that I think, like like we said, is you know script. But another part, I I think that's part of Long John Silver's character. Yeah, as you know, not just in this movie or the other movie or, but even in the book. Like Long John Silver is probably. He, he is actually my favorite fictional pirate like i like him uh-huh. even more than uh jack sparrow and i th- i think it's be- well, this is one of the reasons like he's just super cunning and yeah has like three or four backup plans already in his mind yeah so I so mean, even
0: though even, sorry go ahead despite all of the weirdness of the script i did yeah. actually like his character in this like this uh, he, he, he was the best part this is This is not like a great movie, but it's entertaining. Yes, it's it's entertaining enough to
1: not like it's an hour forty six minutes. It's pretty long for a movie back then, so like I didn't feel that it felt that long.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: But yeah, had had they like recast Long John Silver this with some other actor, I I don't know how that that would have
0: been. It would have faded into obscurity. (laughs) Like the only thing that makes this notable is the fact that they have Robert Newton back. That that is true. I'm looking at the, the
1: Wikipedia page right now at the moment, and the production company apparently that produces film is called Treasure Island Pictures. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, they literally had a production company just for this.
0: Yeah. And, the, and they went on to make the TV series later, too. Oh, okay. And I think they had something else in the works that never panned out. They figured after these two.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, Robin, you can probably die by then. Like, yep, that's, that's it. Yeah, Robert Newton died in 1956, so this is only two years prior to his death.
0: Maybe that's why the show only lasted one season. Yeah. Well, it doesn't say, but on the Wikipedia page it says, for much of its international audience, the series aired after the death of its star because Robert Newton died of a heart attack in March of 1956.
1: Oh, okay. For, like, the international audiences?
0: Yeah. Mm. I think it aired... It aired in Australia first because this was an Australian movie and the TV series was Australian.
1: Yeah, because well. a lot of these actors are Australian too, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Yeah. Anyway, another thing that I'm very confused about is when he returns the kids, he tries to get the governor to give him Jim, but like, yes. what happened to Jim's mother? Why is the the governor in charge of Jim?
1: That's a good question. I that didn't even cross my mind. <laughs> I'm guessing but, she died.
0: Yeah, I don't know, because then you have this whole other subplot where there's this innkeeper named Purity Pinker, who I guess she's in love with Long John Silver for some reason, yeah. even though at the beginning she seems to hate him. But then he gives her a necklace from this hoard of treasure that he stole, and now she's like determined to marry him. But also, she wants them to be Jim's parents for some reason. <laughs> Just kind um,
1: of, I think this. I know you said this takes place in the same universe as the other, but I think it's more like a. Like a another multiverse. <laughs> Maybe. I, I don't know. So, like, there's another Long John Silver and another, you know, um, Jim Hawkins. But this Jim Hawkins just doesn't have a pair of parents.
0: I guess that's as good an explanation of it as any.
1: But then again, like, like you said, th- th- this takes place after the events of the first film, so.
0: Yeah. Script. <laughs> yeah.
1: And the... Uh, the bar lady, I forget her. I watched her in Purity Pinker. She, yeah, she just has this love hate. It, it, like you said, she she hates. It, it feels like she hates him in the beginning, and then she turns and will do anything to get married to him. But Lonton Silvers, he ain't gonna be hitched, <laughs> which is <laughs> which is like a running gag throughout this film.
0: Yes, yes, and you also have a couple of scenes in here, both before and after the scene with purity where he's trying to get the medallion off jim and like in the in the last scene before they fully set sail he like he acts like he's going to i don't know they have a whole fight and it ends with jim pushing him off a balcony and it's like at this point jim should know that he is no good like i mean he should have known yeah. that after the first movie it's there's so much about Jim that makes you think that Jim is not very smart.
1: <laughs> he, he, he ain't the wisest boy around, let's say that. Hmm. And he's played by Kit Taylor, who I guess this was his first film. And I was trying to think to myself, huh, did he play Jim Hawkins in Treasure Island? And I was like, oh, wait, no, that was
0: probably just No, apparently his father is also in this movie as the guy with the eye patch.
1: Grant Taylor, yeah.
0: Silver's like right hand man who wants mm-hmm. to take over,
1: and also Rod Taylor is in this, and he's not related.
0: But yeah, I was I was like looking at a whole bunch of different web pages, like trying to figure out is Rod Taylor re- related to all these other Taylors, <laughs> but apparently not. But he's also the voice of Pongo in Hunter One Dalmatians, which I thought was kind of a weird <laughs> coincidence, not that yeah, kind of... coincidence, <laughs> but it was just str- kind of strange. He does not sound like Pongo at all. He was the only
1: actor that i knew in this film besides robert newton i didn't know any of the other actors
0: but i knew him because
1: of 101 animations and like the time machine and the birds i'd seen him in those and also episode of twilight zone
0: his voice that he's doing for this movie just does not sound like i i would not have recognized him except that i looked up who was playing who
1: i feel he might have been dubbed in this film but i mean i could be wrong but i mean to be fair even in his other films that I've seen of his, like The Time Machine and The Birds, I, I, I don't think he sounded exactly like Pongo either. So mm. I don't know if he was doing something different when he did Pongo, or with his voice, I mean, or that was just later in his life, or I don't know, if there was just dubs involved, or I don't know. But.
0: I don't know. I, I've only seen The Time Machine and The Birds once, and that was years and years ago. Okay. And so his main the main thing I'm familiar with is 101 Dalmatians
1: his best work
0: <laughs> probably yes <laughs> but yeah you have that whole scene where they have this plan to make a voyage back to treasure island and silver gives him this tall tale about turning himself in and facing a fair trial and then then they'll later go back to treasure island but this ends with him getting pushed off the balcony but then later he comes back and he's still acting like their friends so i i <laughs> jim is kind of an idiot (laughs) that's
1: pretty much the title of this episode jim is kind of an idiot
0: but then of course silver needs a ship so he makes arrangements with this guy captain mcdougall which i thought he was like a pastor or a priest or something but apparently he's just super religious Mm -hmm. but i don't know why i thought that i think just because the fact that he was quoting the bible there's something on his collar that seemed
1: priestly i guess that's what I was going to say. I thought his collar had a little bit of a a priestly poke
0: to it. Yeah, I don't know. And I thought maybe he was like going to be like the, the boat pastor. I don't know. <laughs> but then he was called the captain later, so I get maybe I was just wrong that he was a, a pastor or a priest. I don't no, know. I, I had the same um, thoughts when I saw him, too. But they make arrangements to get a ship and crew together. And during all of this purity is like fully planning the wedding like getting a dress getting the reverend and i don't know why she thinks this is happening because he's like all but refused to marry her but she's just going along with this plan just she's invented an entire scenario into her in her own head which leads to her like chasing him out to sea in her wedding dress shrieking after him as he's trying to get away from her that she'll tear him limb from limb if he doesn't come back
1: (laughs) which just makes it more determined to keep going
0: yes and then you get another scene that's kind of straight out of the book but they've done their own thing with it well first you have a scene of jim like serving the captain and the captain's kind of treating him badly and i was like this is kind of weird because before that i thought he was going to be like a good guy but then he's like calling him stupid and an idiot and telling him to go and get him salt and then when he goes to get the salt he overhears silver planning mutiny which that basically happened in the in the first story yeah,
1: from here especially, there is a lot of scenes that are just copied and pasted. For, yeah, <laughs> for, with with maybe you know they change the font a little bit. <laughs> yes. In the first movie, and that's okay. one of them. In one film, he
0: he hides an apple barrel. The other one, it's what was it, a salt salt barrel? Yeah, I don't think he was inside anything. He was just on the other side of a wall listening. Oh, but anyways, he overhears this and goes to tell the captain, but he makes him promise to spare Long John for some reason. Good old Long John. Like it, at this point you've seen Long John do so many bad things. He's double-crossed you specifically more than once, multiple Why, <laughs> why are you why are you pleading for him to be spared? I don't know. Whatever. You do you, too. <laughs> So, the captain promises that he'll be spared, and they wait until they try to do the mutiny, but then they foil their plans. But then, for some reason, the captain double-crosses Jim, and not only plans to maroon Silver along with his crew on a nearby island, but he also tosses Jim in with them for some reason.
1: Did he toss like, Jim in with him, or did Long John bring Jim along? Like Well so he specifically
0: point. says that Jim is going with them. Okay. Like, he targets Jim specifically. I don't know why. But it's obvious that he's not a good person, and Jim apologizes for turning him in, saying that he thought Captain McDougal was a man of the Bible, otherwise he never would have turned him in. And then Long John Silver had a quote that I actually really liked. He said, sometimes them what quotes the Bible have less Bible in their hearts than them what don't. <laughs> Which I thought was a good line. Uh,
1: especially the way he said
0: yeah. So then they're marooned, but it turns out, by some sheer coincidence, that this is actually Captain Mendoza's secret hideout island. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so they steal his ship and head for Treasure Island. <laughs> it's like, well, that was fortunate.
1: <laughs> uh, serendipitous right there.
0: It's one of those things where the plot needed something to happen, so it happened. It's uh, what they call it, uh, like a deus ex machina. I was just going to say, it's maybe, I don't know if it would count as a deus ex machina, but it's similar to one if it's not that exactly. They needed something to happen, so they they made something happen. Yes, exactly. So they get to Treasure Island, but as soon as they get there, they start getting picked off one by one, which the first guy that died, (laughs) that actually made me laugh because he has some like a seemingly profound line about this being such a beautiful place and a man could spend the rest of his life here and then he's immediately shot.
1: <laughs> yeah, okay, you, you you asked for it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I, I couldn't tell if they meant for that to be funny, but I found it funny. <laughs> but yeah, they're all picked off one by one until they escape into this old hideout. I think it's the same space, like this shack thing that they hid in in the first movie.
1: I thought it was the exact same place, yeah.
0: I think so. And even then, some of them die because they, for some reason, decide to go out into the jungle themselves. I don't know why, but they get picked off as well. And then it's revealed that the person picking them off is Israel Hands. The guy they killed in in the first movie. (laughs) Jim killed him by shooting him in the forehead in the first movie. Except... Apparently, it just blinded him. Yeah. Like, he, what, <laughs> he missed. <laughs> it made no sense. Like, he's literally shot in the forehead, and, oh, he's just blind now. No no, no 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 mention of the fact that the bullet had to have gone through his brain, and he fell into the ocean. And, yeah, they were kind of near land, but not near enough that somebody who'd been shot in the head could get there and survive for how many years has it been since they were on treasure island i
1: think even even the characters were questioning this (laughs) yeah
0: it's ridiculous it made made no sense (laughs) script yes yes exactly
1: we need a villain and who who can we get why not israel hands yeah people know that name (laughs) yeah because you know why would we bring back mendoza again
0: well they do that as well they do that as well <laughs> I don't know they gotta throw all the things into the pot
1: and we should mention that Israel Israel Hands is the one that Rod, Rod Taylor plays
0: yes yes
1: I think this was his. was this his first movie I'm not mistaken
0: um I don't think it was his first movie but it was one of his first movies
1: yeah it looks like it's his second movie according to Wikipedia it came out the same year as his film did
0: yeah, I guess so. On IMDb, it has it's his third credit, but his first credit is a short. So okay,
1: so this is seven years before 101 elections.
0: Yeah, yeah, Mendoza shows up at this point. Or they follow them there in a the second boat, and now they're after them. And for some reason, instead of killing Israel Hands right then when they get a hold of him, they just bring him with them to the treasure why it probably forget they didn't work last time. <laughs> like th- this guy is like killed off half the crew at this point why are they bringing him with them <laughs> because We're they need to... him they need him to chase jim off into the jungle <laughs> of course
1: which is a weird scene because like israel he's blind but he's astute enough in his hearing i guess to still sense where jim is
0: He's basically a superhuman can in us. all of his blind powers. I don't know he's he can see more than well even the the patch guy says something about he can see more with no eyes than I can with one. It's like that was a funny <laughs> again, they needed something to happen, so they made it happen.
1: This was his origin story, super Israel
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> super hands.
0: But yeah, while all the pirates are preoccupied with gathering the treasure, he chases Jim off into the jungle to get revenge on him for shooting him in the face. And then it's like this really long scene that was like, if you played this just like a little bit fast and put like cartoony music, this would be like a Scooby-Doo cartoon. (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah, I can agree with that,
0: yeah. It was like ridiculous how long this chase went on for. It was
1: pretty long, yeah. Longer than it They definitely could have shortened that.
0: Yeah. And eventually Jim gets cornered on the edge of a cliff, but then Israel lunges at him and he dodges and then he falls off the cliff with a hilarious scream. And I don't think it was supposed to be funny, but I burst out laughing just the sound that he made.
1: <laughs> and of course he may not actually be dead because there may be another sequel coming up and you know what? He survived that. He just I broke a leg think that's of all that, that happened. <laughs>
0: i mean that makes as much sense as him surviving the first movie so Sorry. maybe actually there is with the tv show maybe he would have shown up in that
1: oh gosh i gotta <laughs> check that now and see if <laughs> if he was on the show the adventures of long down to silver no there's no character the main character named Hand, at least so that's a good sign <laughs> But it has the same actors for Jim Hawkins, Long John Patch, and Purity Pinker.
0: I wonder if he marries Purity in in this series. (laughs) Probably not, knowing him. It's probably a running gag through the whole series. Every time they come to shore, she's there in a wedding dress trying to marry him. (laughs) Not again. (laughs) But yeah, anyways, this eventually leads to another ridiculously long scene as Jim's trying to make his way back across the island. And then you have this whole thing where he's like dreaming and then there's like a ghost that I think is supposed to be Israel Hands, but also it's probably just him hallucinating. And then that scene ends with him getting captured by Mendoza's crew to be held for ransom.
1: Yeah, I don't remember that scene that well that much.
0: And I I don't know how long that all lasted, but at some point... Silver realizes that they've lost Jim. So he's not been paying attention for a long time. Cause like he's run across the whole Island. He's killed Israel again and then come back. And now he just suddenly realizes that Jim's gone.
1: He's been too preoccupied with the treasure.
0: Yeah. So he goes after him and like pretends that he's going to turn himself over to Mendoza. But then they've got this whole plan. I I don't know exactly what their plan was, but the crew is waiting in the jungle with, like, bombs that they've made out of the treasure for some reason. <laughs> it's really ridiculous. <laughs> and Mendoza does not kill Silver right away, which you'd think that he would. <laughs> you'd think that after all this time, with all the double-crossing that he does, somebody would know that you don't leave him alive. <laughs> you just get off him right away. But no, he, he's uh, he's going to capture him, I guess, instead No one
1: kills anyone right away in this this, No, no, they do, they they don't.
0: But yeah, they start throwing these treasure bombs, and then even though Israel killed off most of their crew, they still easily defeat Mendoza's enormous crew for some reason. Except they don't kill Mendoza. They decide they're going to maroon him on that island. Uh, after a weird scene where long john is like sitting on him and sort of tickling him while threatening him (laughs) it's so weird (laughs) He's like poking him in the ribs and he's giggling while he's telling him he's gonna maroon him it's such a strange scene
1: it's his torture
0: (laughs) i guess so so then we go back to the mainland, the governor is congratulating Silver, and Purity shows up again in a full wedding dress with the reverend to marry him on the spot. Second and, time. And then he bolts again, <laughs> leaving her screaming after him again, and then that's the end of the movie.
1: <laughs> I can't, well, like you said, it it's entertaining enough. I can't say I didn't, like, I wasn't entertained watching it. And like I said, I didn't... Um, I didn't feel the hour and forty-six minute runtime. Yeah, but yeah. A lot of this is just a things happen because script said they have to happen. B things happen, which are pretty much copy and pasted from the previous film and the book. And C things just happen because they wanted to make another film with Robert Newton as Doctor Silver.
0: Pretty much. But yeah, even though this was kind of a ridiculous movie, it was entertaining and i did not feel like you said i did not feel the runtime.
1: i don't see myself watching this again <laughs> i don't either but i'm
0: glad i watched time. it this time i probably wouldn't have watched it were it not for this podcast
1: yeah it's probably the same i think robert newton is is one of those actors that whatever he does you're at least gonna enjoy at least his part in the film and mm-hmm. he's definitely i would say hands down the best part of this film and the the only reason the film was made
0: (laughs) (laughs) yes like the the guy who made the movie was not dumb for making this like he saw the potential in this actor in this character specifically and it was a good idea the script could have used a lot more polishing but the idea of the movie was a good idea
1: yeah, yeah there, there are some actors who are like that. Like They're good enough that even if the rest of the film sucks, you you still enjoy watching mm-hmm. it because of that actor or actress.
0: Yeah.
1: I think Robin, you can do one of those.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: I want to know what Walt Disney thought about,
0: about this. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I am curious about that, because he did not take kindly to people ripping him off. There's a whole backstory on... Like, the, the making of Alice in Wonderland is fraught with, like, betrayals from other people ripping him off and going to oh, different really? studios. And, like, he got kind of vindictive with the people who betrayed him. And, yeah, like, there was a whole other Alice in Wonderland version that he somehow managed to get almost completely blocked from playing in the U.S. <laughs> because of the fact that the people making it started with him and then went off and did their own thing and kind of took a few of his ideas even though they didn't end up using them themselves yeah it was still the idea still originated with the disney version they pulled a jeffrey katzenberg <laughs> <laughs> kind of yes <laughs> so walt did not take kindly to people ripping him off and i can imagine that if he knew that this movie was being made he would not have liked it
1: i feel this movie was bad enough that I, he probably wouldn't have cared that much <laughs>
0: Probably. Yeah, I would be curious to know what Walt would have thought of this. It's probably one of those things that we're never going to know. Like, even the what we know about the drama behind Alice in Wonderland has kind of been pieced together from various different interviews and writings over the years. I told Jenna that she should write a book about it because she's, like, heavily researched all of this. Yeah. Like, this isn't something that you can just easily find out about. Like... You can get like hints of it here and there. But, like it would be, I think it would make for a great story for somebody to like actually do all the work to put all of this stuff together and piece together just how mad Walt was about this other movie.
1: I'd love to read that, yeah. I'd actually love to hear Leonard Maltin's, uh take on that. If he would actually, he would know some stuff about it too.
0: It would be interesting. Well, that's probably going to be all for this film. Part of me wants to do the series, but I'm not planning on it, and I won't plan on it. But I am still curious. I don't know if I'll ever do it. But if people want it, maybe they should leave a comment. But I'm not making any promises.
1: Yeah, I don't think I'll watch it. No, it's it's 26 episodes. So then...
0: Oh, 26? I thought it was only like 12. Nah, it's, it's one season, <laughs> that's but it's even 26. Less, that's even less chance of me doing it now. Yeah, so... <laughs> You might do that one on your own if you do it <laughs> but yeah yeah I like i said i don't have any plans i'm just curious and i would like to know if he ever marries purity pink <laughs> that's, the, that's the main question we're all
1: asking, <laughs> mr and mrs long john silver silver and pink that's a
0: pair yeah anyways i guess until the next podcast you want to let people know where they can find you if they want more from you
1: yeah, I have two um, blogs. I have the Animation Commendation at com. I have animated film reviews, top ten lists, and I host a Who Wants to Be Millionaire Animation Edition Game Show. And I have a My Live Action Disney Project at myliveactiondisneyproject.com where I try to watch and review every single theatrically released live action Disney film I've ever made. And I recently hit my 10-year anniversary on that. But I haven't finished all the films. <laughs> I still have more to do, so... Check me out there.
0: I have a feeling you're going to be on that project for quite a while. yes, yes. especially
1: with all their live action remakes coming out, <laughs> and then with Disney Plus, I had to decide if I'm going to uh, do Disney Plus films. So that was that's another that was another monkey wrench in my plans.
0: Well, with all the stuff happening with Disney Plus, I have a feeling they're not going to be making too many specifically for Disney Plus anymore. I think they're going to be doing maybe hybrid theatrical and Disney Plus. Better. We'll see. (laughs) We'll see. Anyways, until next time. Take care.